Welcome to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. My guest today is Nati. She's a classically trained violinist and singer-songwriter from Reunion Island. She got her big break playing on Beyonce and Jay-Z's On the Run 2 tour, and her new EP is called In the Key of Fall. Nati, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm doing good. So, before we get into a deep dive on your career and your interesting musical history, can you tell me about the, the musical style of your EP? Well... I'm a classically trained violinist who is madly in love with hip-hop and soul. <laughs> so I guess the EP kind of travels between those worlds. Um, the the opening track is definitely a tribute to reunion. So I use uh, traditional instruments. I actually covered the traditional song from, from reunion. So th- there's only five tracks on there, and I feel like they're kind of kind of all have a little different flavor of the, the styles of music that I like. So soul, neo-soul. I just got done listening to it and it really flows well together. Like it feels like one cohesive piece. Was that a conscious decision not to have just a, a, a few, you know, mixed songs you wanted it to kind of be? Well, I'm, I'm surprised, but thank you. Cause I, I also feel like it flows nicely and I'm, I'm surprised that it's, that it does that so naturally because I didn't, I didn't write the song with that in mind. Um, it was only at the end that I was like, okay, this is going to be the, I always knew that in order to see was going to be the opening. Uh, but, but then the rest just kind of, it's, it's nice that it's, that there's some kind of, uh, coherence with the sound, especially with all the different influences. So (laughs) it wasn't planned. Tell me about, growing up on reunion what the uh what it was like growing up did did you were you raised in a musical family have you always been a musician were your parents musicians yeah so my dad is a a jazz bass player so i grew up hearing bass around the house all the time and going to his shows uh, my mom isn't a, a musician, but she she loves music. She used to have this big tower of CDs in the living room and just always play different music from around the world. Uh, my sister uh, can do anything. <laughs> she can play percussion and sing and dance. So it, it definitely was a very like artistic house, for sure. Is violin your first instrument, or, or what else do you play? So I started the violin when I was six. And um, I, I only started like singing and, and writing um, a couple of years ago. So that's very new, but it feels, it feels really good. For those of you without a map in front of you, Reunion is a small uh, French island off the coast of Madagascar, way off the coast of Madagascar, has about a million people. So what was, what was it like growing up there? Did you you know, like, did you play sports? What was school like? Kind of t- tell us what the average reunion childhood is like. So the the town that I grew up in is a beach town. So my my mom's house is literally like three minutes walk to the beach, and then my grandma's house literally like you, you can see the sunset from her garden every night. So definitely water <laughs> was a big part of my upbringing. Water, and then. Like I remember picking fruits in my garden for breakfast on Sunday because we had like papaya and passion fruit. And, um, but I think that the main the main thing there that um, 
really kind of forged me, I think, as a person, is the mix between cultures and people. Like, it's not, I, I take this example a lot because it's so concrete, but I never had real Chinese food until I left Reunion because while we do have Chinese restaurants, it, it doesn't, it just tastes like, like Chinese food in Reunion. Like everything there is infused with different cultures and, and so, and it comes through my music, I think, too. Yeah. The idea of like not having straight boundaries between different cultures. You mentioned that you use the musical traditions of Reunion on your EP. Can you tell us a little bit about what the musical traditions are like on Reunion? Yes. So we have two uh, main styles. We have Sega, uh, which is more like the popular couple dance style and it's a lot of like very syrupy love songs. And then we have Maloya, uh, which is more the, the music of the slaves and, and it has more of a political aspect to it and it's mostly just drums and voice. And and for the EP, that's more what I drew from. Like the the kayamb is one instrument, and then the back and forth between uh, background vocals and lead vocals. The percussion on this EP is incredible. Tell me about putting together the percussion part of this of this project. Yeah, it's 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 still in in progress. Like, thank you for saying that. But I feel like so I always when I make a beat, I want to have. That, that free feel that exists in, in Maloya. So, but then I also want like the, the straight up like hip hop beat. And so, like, I like your demonstrations. I like your demonstrations. Those are great. <laughs> and so, like, trying to have both together is like, oh, it's, it's, so I'm still exploring for that to like mesh well and, and for it to make you want to like, bump your head, but also move your hips. Now, you went to music school in Australia, is that correct? Mm-hmm. So what was that experience like? What did you learn? What did you take away from that in Australia? I, so I left Reunion when I was 18, uh, right after end of high school. And so this was like my first years becoming an adult. Um, I worked in, in bars, in a jazz club. I... So I feel like a lot of it was about music, obviously, because I was doing a bachelor's in classical performance. But mostly it was just about like identifying what was what I was brought up with and what was me and who did I want to become. So lots of uh, lots of new experiences and, and and I think it was a great place to do that because. The whole stereotype about Australians being super friendly and super easygoing it is kind of true. So it was like a safe space to kind of explore and become an adult. You played violin on the Beyonce and Jay-Z tour. How did you get that gig and what was that experience like? So the first time I played for Beyonce was in 2016 and it was a very last minute call. Um, she had a show at the Barclay Center and wanted to add a string section, so didn't really have time to fly maybe the regular people from LA or whatever, and she hadn't really had strings like that. Um, so 
I was in Brooklyn, I was available, I showed up, I did the gig, and I guess it went well because they called me for another gig and another gig, and then I worked on Coachella, and that led to the tour. And that whole year of 2018, being working on Coachella and going on the world tour was, it felt like a crash tour, a crash course on life <laughs> for a whole year. Yeah. And after it, I was just still downloading like lessons and obviously as a musician, but, but also as, as a person, because you're surrounded by so many talented people and, and the, the, the pressure is on all the time. So. Yeah, what was what was the day to day like? I mean, how did you get sleep? How did you find time for you know having fun? Yeah, um, so during the uh, preparing for Coachella, there was no time to have fun. I mean, the fun would be like in the rehearsals when things like come together, but there was no like going out or anything. Cause, but for me, basically, I would wake up and make sure I could go for a run because that's like my drug to stay sane. And then we would be in, in the rehearsal room all day, you know, 12, 16 hours a day, and uh, create the show from like the music aspect to dance to costumes and lights, and she's involved in everything. She's calling the shots and everything. So it was just super inspiring to learn how being an artist can, be, can go beyond just your main, uh, like for me, going beyond making music. Did you actually, how much interaction did you have with Beyonce herself? Were you guys like hanging out and drinking wine after the shows or? We had we had some parties to, to like celebrate, you know, like the end of Coachella or the end of the tour. Like we had some parties here, here and there and she was definitely super present at all the rehearsals. Um, but you know, I can't, you know, I don't have her number. Yeah, you're not, you're not like, besties. Hit her up and yeah. like, Yo, B, I just dropped my EP. You mind? <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She, <laughs> you know, she, she, the least she could do is, is drop a guest vocal on your EP. I mean, how hard could that have been? I mean, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. taking her five I'm, minutes. I'm glad Come you're on. bringing that up. How did that experience influence, you know, you talk about mixing the traditional music, the classical music with American hip hop. How did that experience and being around all those musicians influence this current project? I think when I first started writing, because it was so new and uh, I'm very impatient. And I'm impatient, but I'm also a perfectionist. So it like doesn't really go together because it's rare to be <laughs> perfect on the, on the first draft. So I feel like what, what that experience on tour taught me is like, exploring more. Because as we were building the show, it's like there's a lot of uh, of tunes or, or versions of tunes that didn't make it, and but and we still invested so much energy and, and resources and, and imagination in creating those, and it, and it was like not getting attached and being okay with the fact that okay this sounds great but it it's not what we need and like keeping that process of creating going. And I feel like for my own stuff, sometimes I can I can get a little carried away and and think that because I have the first idea, this has to become the track. Like Gone, for example, on the EP, I recorded three different versions of that track before it became what it is now. How was it the the production aspect of creating these beats? Did you work with a producer? How did you come up with the arrangements? 
Yes, so I would make demos on my computer on GarageBand, and sometimes even just like uh, voice memos. Um, and then I worked with two main producers, uh, Kins and Edson Sean. And um, I'm very lucky that they're they both really talented and they both really cared. And so we we just tried we just tried different options. And I'm sure at times I must have been very particular and kind of maybe annoying but they never showed me that and they were always down to try ideas or let go of ideas that that I wasn't happy with so yeah I'm so grateful for those for for those two people on this project because they it, it would have sounded so different without them one thing I really love another thing I really love about the EP and about your music in general your 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 previous singles is that you really feature the violin. A lot of times when a when an instrumentalist starts creating vocal music, starts creating, you know, R&B songs or pop songs or whatever, they kind of put their instrument in the background. How important was it to you to keep that violin sound in the music? And I'm glad you say that because well, I mean, that, that's like my mom no thinks of me as a violinist first. Because she's your mom. Yeah. Right, and she's my mom. And so she's like, oh, you know, there's not enough violin. And then in my head, I'm like, I think there's enough violin. But um, I guess I, I just think of violin or voice as like just a, a medium through expression. So, yeah, some things, some things just translate naturally through the violin and, and something through voice. And the way I first started composing was through looping so i would just loop violin layers so for me it, it's like it's i can't imagine the track i mean some there's one gone doesn't have any violin on it um and it it doesn't i don't feel the need for it um i don't want to get to a point where i like force it where it's like oh no every time every it's a hard balance to achieve right yeah 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 so i i think in those when I'm making those decisions, I have to think from the musician's point of view and not the violinist or not the the vocalist and, and just like what is the what is the sound requiring right now. Now, not to get too nerdy about music production and musicology, but how do you feel about multi-track vocals? Do you do a lot of multi-tracking? Do you how how do you how do you lay down your vocals when you record? It's it's tough because. Um, I would like to say no. I want one take, at least one take for like a full sentence or something, you know. But then, um, to be completely honest, like my very first single, uh, "When You're There," the vocals are all cut up from different takes, and it works. I don't feel I don't feel like it sounds uh, less honest than than those takes. I'm personally against too much autotune or too much correction because I think that even though having the ability to do those corrections is, is great, it loses some of the emotion that was there with the mistake. I def- I want to get to a point where I can do more full takes all the time. I like I like multi-track and, and different takes when it's about harmonizing and creating texture. But it's to, if it's for the lead, yeah. I want to get to a point where every take is the taking. Right, right. One of your in your in your press release, 
which was obviously written before the quarantine, you were going to go out on tour this spring. Mm. It's got to be a bummer. I mean, everyone's bummed out that they can't tour, but especially you because you have all this new material and you're a, you know, a trained concert violinist. So how much are you looking forward finally when the time comes to playing this material live for audiences? Yeah, it was, it definitely was a letdown, but like you said, everybody is burned out. And, and in this situation, I have so many reasons to be positive and grateful because I have a roof over my head. I can make rent, I can eat. I have plenty of instruments to have fun with in my room. So I, even though I was disappointed, I am disappointed. I try to focus on, on those things. Uh, and I feel like the things that I'm exploring now and, and feeling now and in this weird time are going to change the show that I'm going to play when we're able to go back and, and perform and all that. Do you, have you gotten into jazz much at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, well, when I was in school, I was always the classical kid that was trying to get into a jazz class. <laughs> so um, I've had, you know, I've, I've, I've had the chance to like learn from from uh, jazz musicians and to, every time I hear them solo, I feel like they they got it right. Like they they understand what music is about, as opposed to reading music or memorizing it. Well, the, the reason I bring it up is because I feel like some of your songs are more compositions than they are pop songs, that there's tempo changes, there's key changes, there's, you know, you'll go off on, a, you know, a 32-bar violin solo out of nowhere, you know. So <laughs> I was curious about how you compose songs from that standpoint rather than just like that's come up with a, a hook and a chorus or a, a, a yeah. verse and a chorus. Yeah, you're totally right. It's uh, and and I, you're you're the first person who like comments on that in that way. But it's actually so the two middle tracks, HKHT and Gone, uh, which I produced with Kin. He he had more experience um, making commercial music, so I think working with him on those like helped shaping more of a regular format for the song. But if I'm just on my own, like I'm not counting bars because a lot of what I use is loop based. So for me, we're like as as long as we're on that frequency, on that loop, I we can go anywhere. Okay, well I'll let you go. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for making time. Thanks for listening to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio. And be sure to check out the latest in music, pop culture, and entertainment at popdust.com. Mm-hmm.